Hello and welcome to Spring Office Hours, episode number 54, testing your Spring Boot applications. My name is Dan Vega, Spring Developer Advocate at VMware. With me, as always, is my good friend, Deshaun Carter. Deshaun, how are you doing, sir? Wonderful. I'm, I'm wonderful. And, and we're not always together. Most That's of the true. time together. Most. And I love it. I mean, it's even when we're not on the podcast together, we are together. We yes. are connected always. We are connected forever i gave away so many stickers last week <laughs> like so Wait, many stickers let's back up you're for those of us at home who can't see you you are in an airport right now sfo to be exact sorry to give away your location i know you're a very famous person people are going to mob <laughs> you but uh you're in sfo right now bring us you know bring us up to date with what's going on with this one uh i have been traveling more than than normal in this last uh, month, uh, month, most of the month, five weeks. Uh, I've only been home for like five days. So it's been travel, 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 like home for a day, do some laundry, go to a football game, and then travel, travel, travel. So it's been busy. But this trip, I'm on my way back from Singapore. I spent 10 days in Singapore nice. uh, for VMware Explorer in spring one, and it was awesome. wonderful. I also had some fantastic uh, like customer meetings, like one-on-one -on -one time and uh, some mini Spring One tours. It was so great, amazing. Awesome. Cool. So Spring One or uh, VMware Explorer Singapore. How was that? It was. It was different. It was different than the others, and that it seemed. First of all, it was free, but it seemed like everybody came with like an agenda. All the audience like had something they were trying to learn. Everybody was focused. The level of conversation was not as much 100 it was more 300 400 level conversations so it was great awesome. it was amazing questions amazing engagement all the way around the production was amazing the team that we have in ajp over in singapore was amazing yeah. so top to bottom it was a great great week awesome i'm i'm really looking forward to vmware explore barcelona which is next month i'm going to that i have a whole bunch of things uh slated to to happen that week so i'm excited like you your flight was a little bit longer than mine but even mine it's like 12 hours plus a six hour difference i'm not looking forward to the basically day of flying so i'm not looking forward to that but everything else looking forward to um so hey we are here in a live stream we do this every tuesday we are in a live stream on youtube you can learn more at springofficehours.io if you are listening to this later on, on the podcast, we have this on a podcast on all the major podcast networks. That's great. If you want to get a question in and you're here with us, please go ahead and ask them. We'll try to answer them. If you are not here live with us, please, please feel free to reach out to Deshaun or myself. Uh, there's also a form on the website, springoffstars.io, where you can ask your questions and we'll see if we can't get to them. So speaking of you not always being here, our friend Jitter Ted is here and Jitter Ted, also known as Ted Young, filled in for you last week. And I just have to say, Ted did an excellent job. I'm, I'm round of applause for Ted. He did a great job. We talked about uh, hexagonal architecture, uh, kind of a follow-up to a video I did on structuring your code in a Spring Boot application. So that was a lot of fun. And we obviously, anytime Ted's on, we talk about testing. And so that's what kind of led me into this week's show. So uh, Ted, Ted says, you're always with us, Deshaun, even if you're not physically there. Um, 
Also, we have a few people joining us here. Um, I can't wait. Obviously, I will wait for this episode to start. So we have one person that is really excited to talk about testing besides Ted. We know Ted as well. <laughs> Daniel says, hey, guys. Hi, everyone. Ted says, it was loads of fun. Yes, it was. So please get your questions in. Um, the conversations you've been having over the last week, where 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 are they at right now? Where's Funny. the lay of the landscape? Testing seems to be a key topic. It seems like if, if your testing is mature, then everything else is easier. We still have mm -hmm. a lot of organizations that are upgrading to Spring Boot 3, Spring Boot 3.1, Java 21, 3.2 is right around the corner, and also the AOT processing, the native images. If you've got solid testing in place, making these types of moves, make it's a whole lot easier. So yep. testing was kind of core to a lot of the topics, a lot of the conversations that I was having over this past month where yep. yeah, people are trying to move forward and the better your testing, the easier it is. Uh, couldn't agree more. Um, and I think that should be, that, that should be one of the questions organizations ask themselves, like when it, when it comes to, hey, we need to move to Java 17, or we need to move to Java 21, or we need to move to Spring Boot 3. What does that story look like? And it's like, well, let's start with your testing. Where is your testing at? What does code coverage look like? And I know code coverage is just a number, but like, where is your testing at? Do you feel good about it? If you feel good about it, then that migration to whatever might be a little bit, probably gonna be a lot easier. Right, you could have code coverage in the in the 20 percent, 30 percent but if if it's the right coverage mm -hmm. and you've got confidence the confidence is the part that matters that you've yeah. got confidence in what you're doing to make these changes because java's coming out every six months new release spring boot is coming out with new release every six months yeah. but the thing is they're not at the same day right the java release happens and then just about two months later then the spring boot happens so you are constantly going to be in this process of upgrading going forward so get those muscles exercised start doing the work start doing the practice because you're constantly going to be upgrading now if you're really eager if you're, you keep on moving forward and you're able to adopt these things quickly you're also able to give feedback quickly and you're also able to give feedback to the team right the release candidate for spring boot 3.2 is going to come out later this month those teams that can take that for a spin. They're already on the latest, greatest, the 3.1. They're already using Java 21. If they can start to take some of these new features for a spin and they can start to bring feedback back to the team, then they're in a great position to help the spring team decide what to do for 3.3. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Uh, some familiar faces here. Hello, everyone. Hello, Thomas. Good to have you here with us. Uh, Ted says, I'm looking forward to a relatively easy upgrade on one of my projects from 2.7 to 3.2 and JDK 21 because of solid testing. Yep. Uh, another one, hi from Poland. Hello. Hello, hello. Good to have so many people here today. All right. It's always fun to see people from all over the world. I it know is. that this podcast doesn't work for all time zones, but it's yes. amazing. I was so surprised by how many people were aware and listening to our podcast and watching the episodes from AJP region. Completely surprised. Not just because of the time zone, but also the language. I was yeah. amazed. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always cool. Every anytime we go somewhere and I hear people like actually listen to this or watch this live stream, I was like, wow, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, 
and then one more uh hello hello, hello to you all right, so we're going to get into today's topic, but I just want to jump into a couple things really quick, just a couple quick announcements. Uh, I have our fall background here. We are officially in October now. We got the leaves going. Um, so Spring One Tour, you can check this out at springonetour.io. This is a free event coming up in October, on October 17th. This is a full day Spring One Tour virtually. So if you couldn't make the spring one in Las Vegas, or you couldn't be in uh, Singapore, you can't be in Barcelona. This is a great place for everyone to come hang out. We have a whole schedule. You can go ahead and click on the schedule to view all of the sessions that are going on. I know Deshaun and I will be uh, doing some things there. Uh, I know, I, are you emceeing as well? Are you... uh, I, uh, I know I'm kicking it off. Nice, uh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, think, so... I think maybe I'm on one, one of the tracks. Cool. So yeah, emceeing, giving a talk. Yeah, we'll be doing all the things there. This is going to be a really fun event, and it's free. So it's a no-brainer. Head over here to springwindtour.io, register. That's coming up, what, 14, two days, two weeks from today. So we Amazing. will have to, uh, I was thinking about this. We, I was thinking about we might have to move that show, but I guess not. If it's 9 to 3 Eastern, we could easily jump on at 3.30 yep. and Just keep it going. Could be the, the wrap up show. The yep. Sp the spring one tour wrap up show. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, that sounds fun. Cool. So uh, if you want to learn more, springwindtour.io uh, starts too early for some of our West Coasters. Yes, yes. Uh, what do you mean 6 a.m.? I'm up at 6 a.m. every day, Ted. <laughs> but I have two young, small children. So. But those um, episodes, they'll all be recorded and yep. they will be made available yep. online. Uh, something else I want to mention, Spring.Academy. There's been a lot going on over here lately. If you check out the courses, uh, we've had a lot of additions to here. And I, I've heard some of the things in the pipeline, so I'm excited about what's coming as well. Uh, I know this, this is kind of new, securing a REST API with OAuth 2. Uh, Josh Cummings helped put this together. Uh, building batch applications with Spring Batch. Somebody asked me on Twitter, like, hey, what's a good resource for learning batch? And I just saw this like uh, announcement the other day. I was like, oh, well, this is obviously a good, good place to learn. So go ahead and check that out. Upgrading from Spring Boot 2.5 to 2.7. So if you're before like 2.7 and you want to upgrade there, good place to start. Then the next logical step will be from 2.7 to 3.0 not foreshadowing anything but maybe we'll see <laughs> something there as well uh building native applications with spring boot and Graal vm so there's a lot of really good content over here and i i just i i've thrown some ideas out there this morning i'm going to do a video on some of the content within uh spring academy so you can get an inside look at like what the what a course looks like and how you can learn the other part of Spring Academy is it's a really easy way, not easy, um, I guess, uh, approachable way to get certified. So if you've never wanted, if you've ever wanted to get Spring certified, this is a way to do it. And I am going to take a leap, Deshaun. I am a man of the people. I have not been Spring certified yet. I'm going to kind of take everyone through my learning process, my preparation for getting certified. And I'm going to get certified. And so I'll, I'll put some content together on that. 
just so everybody can kind of understand what that process looks like in case you would like to do it too. So I have a lot of stuff coming on Spring Academy. I'm excited about it. A really great place for learning everything spring. Cool. And and I, I, I need everybody to know the higher ups, I, we nobody controls spring office hours. Nobody is telling nobody's pulling strings over here. This is stuff that Deshaun and I just want you to know about because we're it's the thing that we wish. Well, thing I wish. Yeah, I had was a developer. I wish I had access like this. Yep. So cool. Um, That's Spring Academy. Okay. so the reason we're talking about spring uh, testing in spring uh, newsletter, if you want to check out my newsletter, danvega.dev, I've talked about this in the last couple um, newsletter episodes uh, or editions, I guess you would call them because we talked about structuring your, your code in Spring Boot. Uh, then we had Ted on, we talked about hexagonal architecture, we talked about testing. I've done a couple videos on testing lately, Deshaun, and you're across the world. I have, so been, I have been keeping up, I've been keeping not, up. You may not have seen them, but uh, it was one on TDD and then one on integration testing. And so this was really top of mind for me and that's why I wanted to dive into this today. We're also going to do a little bit of an experiment. Deshaun and I are big, big fans of Excaladraw. And what I want to do is, this is just a place where, so if you've watched some of my recent videos, instead of just like showing off docs, I usually come in and like take some things out of the docs that I like and put them in an Excaladraw and like do some diagrams. And I think visually as a learner, it really helps me like, let me see like the top five things we're going to learn or have some diagrams in here, some pictures. It just, it's part of my process of learning. I don't know if it's everyone else's, but it helps me learn. So I really like Excaladraw for kind of taking notes on things. So what we're going to do here today is do a little mob note taking. There is a way to basically have a live collaboration with anyone. And all I got to do is copy this link and put this in here and go ahead and share this out. And if you can hit that link, we can do some mob note taking. You can do nothing. You can draw a circle and put some color in it. Whatever you feel like, go ahead and do it. Have at it, throw some stuff in there. If you delete everything, I'm gonna I'm gonna frown a little and then we'll have to like not do this again. But <laughs> if you wanna help out, take some notes of what we're talking about today and we'll have some fun with this. I think this could be really fun. And what we'll do is we'll start saving all of these into a place where we can all keep track of these, all right? So that's our Excaladraw for the day. So what are we talking about? We are talking about testing. And I wanna start here. Uh, if you go over to start.spring.io, let me kind of get this out of the way. If you go over to start.spring.io and you fill in some metadata about your project, even if you don't, include any dependencies. We can go ahead and look at this explorer to see what is basically generated in the palm. If we look at this, we didn't include any dependencies. Out of the box though, we get a Spring Boot starter and we get Spring Boot starter test. So I, I thought about this name earlier today and I was like, oh, this is gonna be a great name for a video coming up, which is basically Spring Boot testing batteries included. So I don't know how, how many other languages or frameworks do this because I don't have a real kind of sense of the landscape, but I know of some of them in the past that, I, that I've worked on, you really had to opt into testing. 
And here, Spring Boot is saying, nope, we're not even giving you that choice of selecting testing as a dependency. This is going to be hardwired into your project and you are gonna be given everything you need out of the box to get running and get writing tests. And I think this is a really fantastic approach to Sean. I agree. It's like, even if you're not gonna write tests, you're, you're gonna be reminded. Right? You're <laughs> gonna have at least one test, no matter what. Yep. Um, Thomas says, my last commit today, test security, working spring security tests. Yes, that's great. Um, so yeah, so the Spring Boot starter test is included. One of the things we're gonna do today is talk about what does that mean? So what does this what, mean? It's a, there's a starter there, great. What does that test include? But what this one does, right? This, this one test that we get, open it up. This is just the load application context, right? So this is just gonna make sure that all of your config works. That's the test. So well, if you remember back in the day, right? Yeah. Oh, so, 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 so we're talking about two different things here. The Spring Boot starter test is the dependency then yep. there's one you're saying there's one test included for you two different things right right is there one test included yes there is and it just says context loads and but yes. it actually doesn't include any code it's just nope. a test to make sure everything is working okay yes which is great um yeah that's great so what i want to talk about though is that spring boot starter test like what does that include and i think the easiest way okay. is to jump into the documentation and i think another thing you know we've heard some feedback on is i don't know how to find stuff like yeah the, the documentation is great but like how do i get to that thing because you know one of the things we heard on the spring one tour the last couple of years is hey dan i i am searching for like how to write an integration test in spring and if I just search in Google, I'm going to get blog posts and stack yep. overflows and things from, you know, the last 20 years. We're celebrating yep. 20 years of spring this year, which is years. really great. But it's also like 20 years of content now that has been indexed on Google. Yep. And sometimes you're going to come across things that are probably not relevant anymore. And so it's like, how do I determine which one is right? Yeah. And I've had a lot of feedback also. Uh, man, I wish I could just reach out to somebody. You know, people are asking for like a Slack or a Discord, and I get it, but the documentation on spring.io has improved so much. Yes. And I've been using it so much more lately. The same thing, the, the same thing, hey, how do I write this test? Like, where do I go find this? I have been using spring.io documentation more the last two months than I have ever before. It keeps getting better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, sorry, I was just uh, replying to uh, a question there. Um, yes. Ted says, I love searching and getting answers that I have XML. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, even the examples are fantastic. I agree. I yes. Um, okay. So spring.io, how do we find stuff? So today we're trying to find stuff about testing. So I'm going to go over, I always start under projects if I'm looking for a particular project. Um, I talked about, I was doing a video on Spring Cloud Gateway today. There isn't a particular menu for Spring Cloud Gateway, but there is Spring Cloud. So like if you were talking, looking for Spring Cloud, you can go under here and find Spring Cloud Gateway and learn more about that there. 
obviously spring boot top level project if you go under the the projects and click on that you're brought into spring boot what i do next is you go under the learn section and then there's two sets of documentation right the reference doc which basically teaches you about the different features of say spring boot in this case and then there's the api docs like hey i need to know like what this interface does or what this class is responsible for doing, that's where you're gonna find that information. So I'm using at least 3.1.4. I'm gonna go into the reference docs, I'll open that up. And then I'm brought to this page where there's like a whole bunch of things going on. Do I want light mode or dark mode? I think we'll do light mode just for presentation sake, but I'm a big fan of dark mode as well. So there's this document's also available as a single HTML page or a PDF which is great if you want to pull a PDF down and like throw it on a tablet or something, uh, read it there. That's great. Light reading for your 15 hour flight. <laughs> you, you might be able to get through this documentation in 15 hours. Maybe, maybe. Um, but then like, I really like how this is broken up because it, it allows me to quickly find the bits that I'm, I'm, I, I want to talk, I want to look at. So in this case, I don't, maybe I don't know where it is, but let me just kind of search for a keyword testing. So we can see it's under core features that talks about profiles and logging, interna internationalization, testing, and more. So I know that I can jump into core features and somewhere down this left side will be something on testing. There it is, I can click through and go to testing. So we're brought into testing and this is where it will jump right into kind of talking about what is uh, included out of the box. So this test scope dependencies, and I put this in here. Uh, <laughs> I, I know exactly who did this. <laughs> um, so this is that test scope dependency section. This is telling you, Hey, the spring boot starter test is including these things. And so this is, this is kind of the first step for me. This is the real, this is the important part because when you see code snippets all over the internet or in a, an example somewhere, you have to be able to identify what that code is doing. And I know for me, even as of three years ago, I would see a testing example. I go, what is all of this stuff going on in here? Like, I don't know what this one line is a part of. Is that like a JUnit thing, some other library? Like that, that for me was like the hardest thing I'm getting, getting to grips with because it includes so much out of the box. So understanding what comes out of the box is the important part. Uh, so it starts with JUnit 5. JUnit 5, as it says here, is the de facto standard for unit testing Java applications, whether you're using uh, just straight Java or using Spring, uh, most likely you're using JUnit somewhere. Uh, there's JUnit 4, there's JUnit 5. The default now is JUnit 5. You can always kind of revert back to JUnit 4, I think. Um, but the default is JUnit 5. So say you're new to testing in general and you don't know much about JUnit. Well, here in the documentation, they are linking us over to the JUnit 5 website. I can come over here. I can click on the user guide. What is JUnit 5? I can get some backstory on this and I can start writing tests in Java before I get to like the spring stuff. So this you know, again, if you don't know JUnit, this is the place to start before you even start trying to test your Spring Boot applications. Um, anything you wanna, anything I'm missing out on here, Deshaun? No, not yet. All right. 
So that's GUnit. Uh, then it goes into Spring Test and Spring Boot Test. Hold on one second. Yep. This is the key. Getting the stuff out of the box, understanding what you get. What's in that box? What are the batteries? That's what we want to do. That's where we're going. It's like, what all does right, this all sorry. mean? Sorry about that. Working from home can, yeah. can, can be fun. Or the airport. Or the airport. Um, okay, so Spring Boot, Spring Test and Spring Boot Test. These are utilities and integration test support for Spring Boot applications. Uh, so if you go in here, uh, talks about integration testing. Hey, I need to do some of these things. Um, now, if you if you if you've written any tests or seen any tests, now some of these words might might start to make sense. Um, so wait, we just had a question here. I wish I could select the spring version when browsing the doc. Older content is usually better indexed than newer versions of docs. Well, wow. Alexander. What? Thank. Did you just like lob that softball up for us, Alexander? <laughs> so this is new to the documentation. If you come over here, you can see the version here. So 6.0.2. Look at that. You can come back in and change different versions if you want to, or jump to different versions of the documentation. This also, part the of this search. New... Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The search has gotten much better. I love being able to kind of search through there. So yes, you can do those things now. Um, so uh, it talks about the spring test context framework talks about things like web test client mock mvc oh i've heard i've seen mock mvc in some tests but i'm never quite sure what is that what is that doing you can drill into that and learn a little bit more about that hey uh i need to uh what is this so uh, the spring mvc test framework also known as mock mvc provides support for testing spring mvc application it performs uh, a full spring mvc request uh handling but it does it via mock, so it can mock out the request and the response objects instead of actually running a server. So if you've seen that code before, never really quite sure what it was doing, that's what it's doing. There's a whole section on mock MVC, all the different things that you'll see from like the imports to setup choices to performing requests. Again, instead of just trying to find some code example and trying to decipher that, I would start here and, and really drill through the documentation on these different things. Uh, then there's some, some information about testing client applications, a lot of the different annotations that you might find. So, hey, in JUnit Jupyter, here are some annotations that you might find. Um, in, uh, in Spring, you might find some things like this. What do they mean? So anytime you have questions, this is a really good place to start. Um, so that's JUnit 5 and Spring Test. Then we get into some assertions. So there's Assert J and Hamcrest. Um, these are two, so Ham, I'm not that familiar with Hamcrest and, and actually Ted has just got me hip to, to Assert J, so I've been using that a lot more lately. But for those who don't know, JUnit has some assertions in that library as well. And an assertion is, hey, we wanna like, so, so, in, in a test, you might uh, write a, a particular scenario where it's given when then, right? Given this, when we do this, I expect this to happen. So um, when one plus one, um, when one is added to one, I expect the result of that equation to be two. 
And there are assertions for this. And JUnit has a bunch of them built in. So you can say um, assert equals. So I assert that, hey, I expect two is the answer. When you perform this calculation, I expect this to be the answer. So again, JUnit has some built in, but then um, assert J comes at it with a different style, giving you a fluent assertion library saying, I want to assert that, um, so that particular result. Then from there, you can have different assertions on it, like is equal to, is not null, is null, is false, is true, you know, those type of things. So search just gives you a different way of doing that. And then Hamcrest is a library of matcher objects, also known as constraints or predicates. I don't, I don't think it really matters. Whatever your flavor of style, like whatever you like, that's great. Use those matchers. I think the one thing we can agree on is don't mix a lot of those together because if you have one class with some JUnit assertions and then one class, you know, in the same class you have a, some assert J uh, assertions, maybe you're yeah. okay with that, but it's going to be hard for another developer to come into that class and like do anything, right? I like consistency inside of mm -hmm. my little a app. Uh, but I've I've used all of these. I've been in projects that are using all of them, and I just kind of go with the flow. I, I haven't picked a favorite um, because I think just like the the yeah other options that we have inside of Spring, I'm gonna find that this one works better this time versus another. Sometimes it depends on the rest of the application. How is that application being developed versus the test? If I'm doing uh, kind of the functional style of programming, then my tests might lean in that direction. So it just, it depends from project to project and I get comfortable with all of them after a minute or two of working with them. Yep. Uh, Thomas says, I want to exclude all assertion libraries, but one, that's a huge pain in the butt. <laughs> it, it is, it is for you. Cause you, maybe you have a preferred library, mm -hmm. but your preferred library may not be somebody else's. And, and I appreciate the options right out of the box without so so let's just say that we decided uh, the J unit assertions are pl are plenty enough. You don't need any other assertions. <laughs> now, if you want to go use a search J, now it's like something you have to include as a dependency. Uh, I don't know if you want to like configure it further. Like those are things you probably don't want to do. Instead, we get a search J right out of the box. So uh, here's another comment. Most yeah, Spring Code it, itself it uses a search A. So that'd be interesting. That'd be an interesting uh, uh, analysis because I know I see Hamcrest and Makito throughout Spring as well. So yeah. I, I think it might. I don't know about most, but I, I definitely see it there a lot. But yeah, that'd be interesting to to see. And I'm willing to bet that there's examples of all of them in yep. the different Spring projects. Yep. So uh, JUnit assertions. You can go through here and go to the documentation. Again, for those of us on the podcast, I'm sorry. We're just kind of showing the spring docs, but you can always watch the replay on this later. Um, assert J, check out the documentation if you want to learn more about that um, library. And then Hamcrest has a link here in the documentation as well to learn more about that. Then we come to Makito. Makito is out of the, right included, right out of the box, so you can take advantage of that. There is also a link to that to learn more about Makito. Um, this is a mocking framework for unit tests in Java. Um, I think we could probably spend a whole uh, episode on mocking and 
and then and then we could have Ted yell at us and say that we don't need mocking. But if you need to mock, if you need to mock something in, say, a unit test, um, so an example is, and 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 I never know, you know, we could talk about this some more too, but I never know what to call like an isolated controller test because I don't consider it a unit test because we're still bringing the framework into play. Um, but let's just call it a unit test for now. So we Sam, unit, uh, Sam, 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 unit testing a controller. A controller has something like a repository that it uses to talk to a database. In a test for a controller, I don't care about the repository. I don't care about the database. So you can just kind of mock that out. You can mock it using Makito. And I've actually done an example of this in a recent video on uh, my first TDD uh, video. I, I actually did this in. So Makito, uh, I think in that scenario works out really well. Um, but there, there are plenty of uses for, for Makito. Makito's, again, I think like JUnit, kind of de facto standard for mocking in, in Java. So you can learn more about that there. So we're not even through the list, Deshaun. We're not even we, close. We have one request. Can we pump yeah, up the yeah. font? Can you pump it up one time? Oh yeah, for bit? sure. For sure. Oh, not that way. Let's there we go. That. There. Cool. Oh, that looks great. So yeah, so we haven't we haven't even gone through the list. And this is just what the Spring Boot Starter test dependency gives you out of the box. But wait. Batteries included. Dan, if I if I include that dependency. You don't need to. It, it's going to be included get, no matter what. But <laughs> in, if I get all this stuff out of the box, isn't my project going to be bloated? Because I'm pulling no. in all this stuff? <clears throat> no, not at all, because that gets stripped away in that jar that you create. So it is not going to be there. Oh, So great, great, this is wonderful. just a development test type of thing. Wonderful. Cool. So JUnit, Spring Test, Assert, J, Hamcrest, Makito. The, the final two are JSON Assert and JSON Path. And these are assertion libraries for JSON uh, and uh, XPath for JSON. So if most of us are dealing with JSON, when we talk to an API, we get some JSON back, how do I deal with testing JSON? Like, hey, I need to find out what was the size of that? What was a particular uh, element in that object that came back in that JSON? These are the, the uh, libraries that you're gonna use to work with, so. So wait a minute. You're saying that I don't have to convert JSON into objects and then test the objects? You don't. No, you can oh, strictly okay. test the, the the JSON if you want to. Amazing. So, so you can have like, hey, I expect this raw JSON to be coming back. How, you know, if you were trying to assert against that in just your own code, like that gets kind of messy, right? Um, and then you can do, uh, I know there's like a strict, so like this third argument to the assert equals on there is like, hey, does this need to be strict or not? So if if one of those keys are not there, do we consider that a match or not a match? Um, so there are ways to kind of go around that as well. So this is really yeah. great for working with JSON and, and, and asserting against JSON. And that's both JSON assert and JSON path. So whew, that, that could out of the box. Like, that could be the whole show. That's what you get out of the box. We could do a show on each one of those. We could do a show on literally each one of those seven. <laughs> yeah, we really could. Um, so cool. So that that's kind of the test scope of dependencies. 
then the documentation moves into okay you understand what's there as i think even if even if you don't know all of those things like really well if you just like know they exist and know what they're there for and you could spot them in code that makes your life so much easier now when i'm reading a test i can at least go okay i know why that's there and what somebody's using it for with those things understood now we can start to talk about what do we need to actually start writing tests. Um, so testing Spring Boot applications. Uh, a Spring Boot application is a Spring application context. So nothing very special has to be done to test it beyond what you would normally do with a vanilla Spring context. Um, so this is a first mention of at Spring Boot test. Spring provides an at Spring Boot test annotation which can be used, uh, blah, blah, blah. So this is Spring Boot test. What does Spring Boot test do? So by, by default, Spring Boot test will not start a server. You can use the web environment attribute of Spring Boot test to further refine how your tests run. And so when you run tests, uh, you can do things like mock. Hey, I wanna load the application context and provide a mock web environment. You can load it on a random port um, most of the time, this is the case. You don't want to collide with uh, ports that are already running. And because this is just a test, I don't care what port it goes on. This is usually my default. Uh, so I'll run it on a random port. If you need to run it on a, <clears throat> on a defined port, you can do so as well. Or you can say none, which loads an application context by using Spring application, but does not provide any web environment, mock or otherwise. I honestly don't know that I've done that before. I don't know. I'm sure there's a use case for that, but I don't think I've done that. So that's at Spring Boot Test. That's one of those core annotations that you will see when you come across tests. Um, I have done that. You've done none? Yes. Yeah, because uh, it the, the, the part about Spring Boot Test is now it's going to like, hey, you're in a Spring Boot app. The application context is here. Any of the beans that you've created or the framework has created, they're now available to you, but maybe you don't need to make a web request, right? Yeah, when we're doing unit testing, right? We want that fast loop and we're trying to make those as fast as possible. So, and then we break them into these slices and we have our, our web slices and our data slices and our event slices. So yeah, we want them to be as fast as possible, you know, reduce that, that loop reduce the feedback time as much as possible. So yeah, those are some of the options, some of the things that we're doing in order to make testing your Spring Boot application, not just easier, but also fast. So it's worth it because, you know, it wasn't that long ago when it took two hours to run all the tests, right? <laughs> Where we, we've, we've kind of grown and we understand like you can't load everything to do your little unit tests, right? Yep. And we're going to get to this, Ted. Um, but Ted says, Spring Boot Test is the slowest type of test to run, but it's often where I start if I don't know of a better sliced annotation. Which so we'll talk great. about slice tests in a second, but Ted's right. The, the at Spring Boot Test uh, annotation can be slow, but but it, it actually, so, so when you first start writing your application, it's probably really fast and you think this is great. And then a whole bunch more team members get in there, get involved and start writing a bunch of tests. 
and now our tests are taking forever. What's going on? It's because, again, as the size of the application grows, the application context is going to grow. And anytime we need to start up a test, we are loading the entire application context. So you know what that reminds me of? Huh? Spring Data JPA. Yep. Yep. Like great to get out of the gate and first experiences, you know, for your, your smaller applications. Yeah, it's great. But then as you grow, as things get bigger and, and more wily, yeah, that, that feedback loop matters. Yeah, for sure. And I, we've said this a lot. We've, Cora says this a lot. We've said this a lot on this show. And I've said this in a recent video with test containers. And for me, like if you don't make tests easy to work with or write or run, uh, if you don't make tests the easy thing to do, I'm not going to do them. I'm just like that. Like if I have to sit there and write a test and watch it fail for 30 seconds before I can write it again, like I'm not <laughs> going to do that. That's that's not me. So uh, we got a question here. Have you tried the Spock framework? Yes, it's been a while, but I come from the Groovy and Grails world, uh, the Ken cousins of the world. And yes, I learned Spock from Ken. Uh, Spock is a wonderful framework and I used it a lot when I was in Groovy and Grails. I don't use it much anymore. I, I just don't use Groovy as much anymore. Um, it saddens me because, uh, I'm a big fan of Groovy and, and have been for a while. So have you ever played with Spock? I have again, not, not as much lately. Nope. And I'm not a big fan of Groovy and Grails. I, I'm a fan of converting everything I've got. I had this conversation last week. I had a bunch of stuff written in a bunch of other languages, and I'm I'm super excited every time I get to convert one of those use cases over to Spring. Yeah. Well, Groovy or Grails was Spring. So. Yes. Yes. I, yes. <laughs> yes. Fully aware. Fully aware. All right. So we're in the documentation again. We're not going to read through every section. I'm just kind of pointing you to like where do I learn about certain things. So. Testing Spring Boot applications. We saw the at Spring Boot test annotation. You can come in here and talk about configuration and how to exclude stuff, how to use application arguments, uh, working with those mock environments. So, hey, I want to uh, use that mock MVC. I want to go ahead and make a call to my REST controller, but I don't want to spin up a server. Um, how do I test with a running server? How do I customize the web test client? Um, there are auto-configured tests, so if I want to um, get JSON. So this is where we are probably getting into some of the slice tests. So um, actually, so the JSON test, um, a little bit different, but hey, I'm working with a, I'm writing a test to see the serialization or deserialization of a particular object. We can use the at JSON test on a, on a, on a test class and and we get all that stuff built in so we could say hey go ahead and auto wire me in a jackson tester if we're using jackson by default right so again just the ability to like oh i need to write a json test i add this annotation and these things are available to me without having to configure them um that's what i really love so um and then there are hey i need to i need to test like things like graphql or jpa or jdbc so you can go through the documentation here and kind of find these, but a lot of these are known as slice tests. We, we, we saw Spring Boot at Spring Boot test. That is going to load everything in the application context, which again, when your application's small, may not be a big deal. But when your application gets very big, 
and you want to test just a particular layer, that is not going to work. So we have these things called slice tests, which really just involve the relevant bits. So the example that I'm looking at on screen here is the ACT JDBC test. Um, it requires a few things. It knows that you might need certain beans to be available, like a data source bean, maybe a repository, but a service that you wrote, maybe that doesn't need to be involved, or maybe some custom um, bean that you set up for configuration, maybe that doesn't need to be involved. So it only loads the bits that are relevant to that particular test, which will increase which will increase the performance of the test, run faster. And again, it comes back to give me that fast feedback loop so that I can go out, you know, watch it fail and then write my test and then come back and, and refactor. So cool. So <clears throat> that's kind of, again, go through the documentation here. Uh, there's even a section on using Spock to test Spring Boot applications. Cool. Um, so yeah, so you need the Groovy dependency, so cool. The next thing I wanna talk about is test containers. We're a big fan of test containers. Absolutely. I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you kind of dive into this one. What is your thought on test containers? What are they? Why should we care about them? What are so they? Here's, here's the big thing that you'll hear, uh, the Git clone run lifestyle. It's, it's what I think developers want, I think, Developers don't want to have to have different environments and configurations set up on their laptop. I think a, a developer wants to be able to get clone a repository and run it. And that's what the test containers, that's the my favorite feature of test containers right now is because it's fully integrated. It's first party. I can set it up. I can do it from start.spring.io. If I go and I grab uh, Redis and I grab the test containers dependency, I get this automation that gives me a test application class so I can get clone run and I can run it and the test containers is automatically get loaded up and run that Redis instance and it's automatically going to be wired together just like I want my applications to do when they're running in production. I want them bound to their backing services just like they do in the production. So not only is it great for the developer experience, but it also helps that environment parity. So the things that I'm working on on my laptop resemble and they're implemented the same way that they are in production. So the examples, the things that I've been talking about recently is if your organization is using Postgres uh, or, or Redis or whatever backing service, then you can use test containers to mimic and get the exact same version of that application that you're running in production. And this is huge, right? And if you're bouncing it between versions of applications, application A is using a slightly older version, N minus one, versus application B is using the latest and greatest, you don't have to switch your environment. Your test containers take care of that for you. So switching between applications gives you what's running in production as close as possible. And it's a, it's a great way to be. The Spring Team has done amazing things and I love it. Yep. Um, okay, so one of the questions I got this week was, um, all right, so we have this Spring Boot Docker Compose module. So let's take out testing just for a second. I'm working on an app locally. I include the web, the Spring Boot Docker Compose module, Spring Data JDBC, and a PostgreSQL driver. 
So I'm in my local environment when I when I write some uh, repository to save save something in the database. When I spin up my application, it spins up a Docker container if it's not already been started, and it will use that to write to the database. So the question I got then was, why do I need test containers if I'm using Docker Compose in a development scenario? Why can't I just use that same container? And, and so my answer to them was, okay, that's great, but what about in a testing scenario? So not only you're not always going to be on your local computer in a testing environment, right? right? So I may have to run this test in a CI CD scenario. Where is that Docker container that we spin up in dev? It's not there, right? So um, are there any other things that you could think of? How would you answer that question? No, that's, that's a great, that's a great answer. You know, I, when I first kind of saw where the test containers team was going with this, uh, I, with Oleg, I got excited because I was including the Docker Compose file in a bunch of projects. And I think everybody's seen that. And now we're just kind of taking it one step further where there's yeah. just, it's less YAML that I've got to write. It's less configuration that I got to write. And I can use this, these test containers. And now the test containers, the difference between what you get out of a test container and what you're going to get with Docker Compose is the test containers actually, they implement this service connector. So when they start up, they automatically expose the the username, the host name, the port, the secret, the password, et cetera. They're automatically exposing that to that service connector API. So you get this automatic, you don't have to know username and password is automatically bound for you, much like what you're going to see on a platform like Tanzu Application Service or Azure Spring Apps Enterprise. Yeah, um, I, be I believe the Docker Compose module does that underneath the, underneath the hood too, because you don't have to declare the things that are in your Docker Compose in your application.properties because it's it's exposing those Automatic. via service connections. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And yeah, I like you, I think the one of the things for me was, okay, well, I'm moving away from H2 and I'm gonna use a Docker container for a test. That's gonna be incredibly slow. It's not at all. It's really fast. And I think that was my biggest surprise when I first like started using test containers. I was like, wow, this is incredibly fast. And it goes back to, it's got to be, or I'm not going to use it. Like I need that fast feedback. <clears throat> now you bring up another point that we can do with the test containers. Maybe it's Docker Earth. I don't believe it's with Docker Compose, but I can also say like, hey, as I'm developing, I don't want to lose that instance. Keep that Docker instance up. If I'm using yep. H2 in memory, when I restart, yep. I can lose that. So there's, there's some more capabilities that you get with those containers as well. Yeah, and I showed an example of that in my latest video too. There's also, you can use the static keyword. So if you start up a test container for one class, you don't want to have to shut that down and start it up for the next test class as well. It can actually share that container between classes. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Very cool. Jitter Chad says test containers is amazingly fast. I also stopped using H2 because it was more fast, more than fast enough. Yep. Yeah. Um, I just got a couple questions in here. Uh, when is the point when we'll just use test containers in production? Yeah, we're getting there. That's, that's a good question. Um, somebody asked a question about uh, auto-wired. Let me just jump back to that. Is at auto-wired recommended approach instead of constructor injection? So in tests, you can just uh, use the at auto-wired annotation on a field. Because um, again, we're not, the reason we the reason we are in favor of something like constructor injection in a class, like in a controller class, 
is because now it's much more testable, right? Because it's getting injected through the constructor, now that is something that we could say mock out. Um, and so that's why, you know, we write, we, we use, we favor constructor injection a lot of times uh, because of testing. But now we're in a test. So we are not trying, we're not ever gonna have to mock out this test class. So at AutoWired on the field, this is the only time that I think that's acceptable is in a test class. And I also got another question the other day. Somebody asked, hey, why, I, I use the, um, I think I just said like post repository, post repository. And I didn't give it a, um, a declaration. I didn't say is this public or private. And somebody asked a question like, why, why would you not make this private? And I just wanna remind everyone in Java, the default scope is package private. So if you don't put something on there, you're basically saying, hey, this is either private or anything in the package has access to it. And this came back to when we were talking about structuring our code into those package by features. Now, if I'm in a post package, my test can read that uh, because we're in that same, same package. So yes, default scope in Java, package private. That's why I didn't actually declare it as private. Um, more questions here. Can we write test run? containers on an environment without a Docker instance? Postgres, for example. The answer is no. Test containers uses Docker or Podman or some other uh, container engine. Yeah, and remember, what, what we're trying to get away from here is you could always run your test environment against a Postgres database. Like, I could configure a local PostgreSQL database and have my tests pointed to that. The problem with that is now everybody on our team has to pull down the same code and then do all of that configuration locally. Remember, remember these long documents of onboarding a new developer saying these are the 50 things that you need to set up on your machine. We're trying to get away from that, as, as Deshaun said. Get clone run. That is that is what we're all trying to achieve here. We can just pull a repo down, run it, and we're off and running. Yeah, that's exactly right. Alexander um, adds, indeed, test containers is really fast. Also, way easier to start with a containerized DB in the first place. It makes tests much more reliable. So even going beyond just the unit tests, right, the integration tests, when I want to deploy the whole big A application into some environment and have my end-to-end -end tests run, my integration tests run. The test containers makes that easier as well. I can run my my load tests, my, my database migrations. I can run those against a test container. There's tons of use cases beyond just the unit tests as well. All right, so I'm going back to our Excalibur here. We've gotten some good mob uh additions here again ted just use a search j then we have some questions here so testing spring security secured endpoints so again we need to know where we need to look right so instead of in the core documentation here i don't know if there's anything on security in here so let's address that we 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 addressed that on one of the early shows where we did spring rest docs mm -hmm. where we I believe we hit some of the endpoints like, hey, we wanted to make sure that we were getting an a unauthorized response. You want to test those things. You want to make sure that some of the documentation that you have hidden 
or some of the endpoints that you have, and you want to make sure that you're getting the right response for your API. So that is an important part of what to do. And I think we have some good examples of that on previous shows. But yep, that it all depends on how you're implementing it. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, um, so right out of the box, if we go in here and we say, uh, let's say web, and I'm on start.spring.io, I'm just picking a couple dependencies, web and spring security. If I go into explore here, we should go down here and see that we have Spring Boot Starter Security. We also get Spring Security Tests. So now there's some additional functionality that we can use to test our secure applications. And so for that, I would go over to the Spring Security documentation. Again, go to projects on spring.io, find Spring Security, go into the reference manual, and then go down into testing. And there's some examples on how to do that. Hey, how do I how do I test a secured method? How do I test uh, all the different things that I would be using security for, like getting the authenticated principle? How can I mock that out? There are ways to like mock out just a hey, give me a, any user. I don't care who it is, but have this user have this specific role. Um, so yes, there are different approaches to testing with security, and I think um, the Spring Security Docs is a really good place to start for that. Yeah. I got another question here. Um, how to effectively test an application that uses Postgres in production, but you cannot use test containers without Docker. We want to run those UTs in our CI, CD, uh, <clears throat> and in dev environment. So. Is this, a, is this a test containers cloud type of thing? We uh, well, it could be. That? It doesn't have to be. Uh, if you can't run test containers inside of your CI CD, um, then yeah, test containers cloud is an option where basically you can connect to test containers cloud and you can run those Docker images inside of the cloud. That is one of the primary use cases for test containers cloud. Right. Um, and then there's also, I believe it's probably from the same person like, hey, so we can't run test containers without Docker. How are we going to mock these custom DB functions from Java or embedded DB? How are we going to mock those if you can't run test containers? Yeah, I think I think this is one of those things where ah, maybe let's let's talk about it. I want I want to get you unstuck, but one of the things is like when you've got custom functions, you got custom functions in your database. Load those into your test container and run all of your code against those right. as well. Uh, right. That's what I was talking about, like with migrations. As those functions change, or as your use cases change, and your uh, your plans change against the database. Yeah, those functions are going to change, and you're going to want to test and evaluate those. Yeah. So the other part of that question says, "Yes, we have AWS for prod, but what do we do about dev?" So, I, I do some things on AWS. There's local stack. Local stack. Yeah, yeah. So you can, I believe you can run some test containers of local stack too. Yes, so. there is a local stack test container. So what that's yeah. doing is giving you these uh, test container implementations of AWS services with test containers so you can run it locally yep that's exactly what that's there for cool uh then i have another question does it make sense to implement tests for the integration between microservices and the api gateway so yeah so i i've just done a video on this um but not not on the testing side um so it depends what you're trying to test like again you want to i think one of the things you want to focus on when writing tests is try to avoid testing the things that the framework itself has already tested. 
Um, but in the case of a gateway talking to downstream services, I would probably write tests to verify the inputs and outputs. If I get a request that comes in and I send it to a downstream service, here's what I expect to get back, especially if I'm like changing the request or the response, I wanna validate that. So I'm going to do that at the gateway level and then all the tests relevant to each of those microservices belong in the microservices. So cool, I think that's it for our Fantastic little questions. experiment. Yeah, but I like this. Maybe we'll, uh, yeah. we'll start up an Excaladraw every time we do a show and uh, we'll keep these. I like, I like keeping these in the archives and I appreciate everyone going in there and adding some, some, some questions and, and, and funny little comments. I love that this uh, assert J comment has the right colors too. I <laughs> so cool. Um, any other questions? Uh, let me come back to here. I want to say thanks. I want to say thanks to everybody for all the great questions. Alexander, thanks for joining. Jitter Ted, always. Pabes Bar. I hope I'm saying that close to right and not offending. Uh, thanks for the questions and good luck. And if you have more questions, you want to talk more, reach out to me directly on Deshaun.com or Twitter or LinkedIn. Uh, I want to get you unstuck. It sounds like you have a really interesting use case and a great opportunity to learn and teach. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I hope you guys learned something too. And again, I think, I think uh, the biggest thing is, Try not to get overwhelmed, like, how do I do this in spring? And then you come up with 20 pages of search results. Let's, let's identify what the Spring Boot starter test is giving us out of the box. We've done that today. Now you're aware of what's underneath the hood. You should be able to like start to be able to spot those things in examples that you see or tests that are in your organization. And now instead of just randomly searching, we know in the docs where to go to find out a little bit more about that. The docs are always going to be up to date. Uh, I always start there and, and learn a little bit more. So the example was like mock MVC. I, I don't know how to mock MVC is. I don't know how to use it. Um, go to the docs, read through all of that section on mock MVC. And I think it'll make a little bit more sense of what we're trying to do there. So I think that's a good place to start. And then really just understanding what types of tests do you need to write? There's probably no right answer there. Uh, different organizations have different philosophies like, hey, we, we're gonna write 80% uh, unit tests and 20% integration tests and maybe it's 50-50 and oh we got to have 80% code coverage here it's different for every organization so there's going to be no right answer there uh, just try and, and, and figure out what works best for you and if you have further questions about testing please get them over to us and we'll do our best to answer and I'm all out of stickers, but if you want stickers, send us an email, stickers at springofficehours.io. I will get you stickers. I'm way behind. I understand that. But I'm also working on a new way to get stickers. So you have to email. Just go online, fill it out, get your sticker sent. Anywhere in the world, yes, I'm sending them. Stickers at springofficehours.io. That sounds like it should be a service written in spring. It is absolutely a service <laughs> written in spring. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, Deshaun, it was good catching up with you. I'm sorry that you're stuck in the airport for another few hours, but uh, I'm it. glad you were able Part of the to job. make it. <laughs> glad you were able to make it. I'm glad you're going home. I'm sure everybody misses you at home, so I'm glad you're heading home. And then uh, we have a couple of really good 
uh, shows coming up. Uh, we'll talk about that more throughout the week, but I have something we can get scheduled for next week. And we'll be talking more on the lines of architecture and testing and yeah, all, right. all kinds of fun stuff. So Super please be, please stay tuned for that. Uh, you can head over to springofficehours.io and learn more about our past episodes and see what we have scheduled coming up. Uh, with that, Deshaun, really good talking to you, my friend. I will see you next week. Thank you all everyone right. for joining us and have a good one. Goodbye.